Let me. We're always. Are waiting. we? Re- are we sure? Are we starting the show? Welcome to Powerful Truth Angels. I'm your host, Maddie Matheson. This is my co-host, uh, Alex Erdman, Two Tone, uh, What You Steal, The Dog on the Table, Omar, Waze. First uh, off, the LA first Dodgers off, first won off, the Super Bowl. First and off, born and raised is what? Can you hear me? First off, it's not Omar Waze. It's Omar W-I-S for What You Steal. Just, just want to let people know what the fuck that's about. Second off, you're a prick. No, it's because Omar Ways. It's not Omar Ways. You're a prick. You're generally a prick. The first thing I hear from you is Jason does all this. Jason does deep research on Roy Choi, right? He's got Roy Choi's poetry in here, and he goes, "This is you." I just want to. I want to. I want to throw back at you what you put out to the world here, and by the world I mean us. Uh, he uh, go. He goes, "Hey, Maddie, did you read the Roy Choi dossier I put together?" You go, "Yeah, I know Roy Choi." I'm like, I'm like, dude, don't be a. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about go, oh, you don't look at it. You don't look that he went, he put Roy Choi's personal poetry in this fucking breakdown. It's okay. I personally. Is it his personal poetry? I appreciate his, his fucking <laughs> diligence in researching Roy Choi. You Jason know, finally like, but did your something. response is, I know Roy Choi. So that, that means that you know Roy Choi's intimate poetry. Well, I'm just having a conversation. I don't need to ask him about fucking chefs. The chef show on Netflix. It's like, yeah, I, I, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him about a show on Netflix. Don't worry. Maybe, Jason. maybe instead of firing back, going, his- yeah, I know Roy Choi, like some fucking bitch influencer who has to like name drop. Maybe just kind of like say, thanks, man. I didn't know that Roy Choi did his own poetry. Oh, that's pretty cool. Did you know Roy Choi went to law school? Did you know Roy Choi had a gambling issue? Did you know all this stuff? No, you didn't know this stuff because I know Roy Choi. I know Roy Choi too. But I didn't know all this shit. Can I call someone a? <laughs> you can call me. You can call me a. I feel. Um, are tough, tough, resilient. Yeah. I take it as a compliment. I take it as a compliment. I'm gonna call you um, a little, a little penis, which is small and 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 smelly, fragile, and stinky, and soft, fragile. Soft, yeah. You're you're a stupid small penis. Um, I'm proud to be a you are proud um, but you know I'm not burnt um, I feel really excited about this podcast my good friend Roy Choi um, and friend, you know yeah. I'm really excited that that um, you know every single time I see a sports team now I just assume that you're just becoming more of a millionaire uh, with your, your clothing company which I'm very excited for literally it seems like anytime has LA just is LA like the most popping city in the world? Because it's just like LA, it, 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 LA it, is. it loves a it loves a protest, it loves a riot, and 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 now every sports team in your city is winning, um, except for the Rams. I feel do the Rams win? Now the, Rams, the Rams. I've listen, never heard the, the the Rams have never won a Super Bowl. Probably the word on the street is this. This is what the people are saying. They're saying that. Born and raised is a good luck charm for LA sports because this is a year. Oh my God. Is, is that it? You guys got, got like juju power? Yeah, we got powers. They got, we, there's a whole, listen, there's a whole mystical thread. Sponto posted the dude doing the fucking voodoo fingers. 
at the at the dog. And now you guys are the reason everyone's he's wearing, winning. He's wearing a born and raised <laughs> LA hat. He's doing the he's doing Get the it. fucking voodoo fingers and the fucking they won the World Series, right? Now Ugh. you know, uh if if um yeah, I mean I, I love all of this so much. Well it's crazy. So happy it's for crazy you guys. because because after the every episode, it's like I'm not even trying to talk about born and raised. I'm not hey, let me say something. Let me say something. You think I'm burnt. You think I'm burnt. I'm I wanna say something about my fucking lovely friends, fucking two tone and sponto. They started something. They are now the like more people are talking about born and raised than the LA Dodgers that won the Super Bowl. And they're talking more about the 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 what's the other <laughs> the, the Lakers? The, Super Bowl. Yeah. the Lakers won the basketball game. And yeah, you the guys team. it's just, yeah. I, I think it's an incredible thing. And you guys are you guys won the soccer tournament. Who's your what's the soccer team? Are you guys gonna fuck with the, the LA soccer team? What LAFC? is it? The LA, Look, I'm gonna um, tell you I'm gonna tell you everything. What is it? I'm gonna tell you this. Let me tell you this. Every LA sports organization, <laughs> we have comped it up. And we've had the discussion. We're just we're just by we just we're very strategic, but if there's an LA sports team, we've touched it. I mean, from college to whatever. So, but everything with us is is strategic. We have the meetings. We talk to the people. We figure out what's the best thing. What's the best design? What's the best content? We're very meticulous in our presentation. At the same time that we're very meticulous, Sponto's out. Like Sponto, like you know, after after these after they win the World Series, the streets are fucking crazy, right? Kids are doing kids are doing sideshows. Something mm. that used to happen up north. It's happening in LA now. And so that's the sideshows. They block off the street. They do donuts. They go fucking nuts and they take off when the cops come. That happens now. That's, that's regular, amazing. That's a regular thing that happens. So like as soon as the world we were shooting, we were shooting a, um we're shooting uh when is this coming out? Next week. Next week. What date? What's the date? Let's say what's next what's the date of next Thursday? The fifth? Next Thursday. What's the date, Jason? You don't even know next Thursday's date. Yeah, what's next Thursday? Jesus Fucking Jason <laughs> Jason's wearing a Darth Maul t shirt and he's wearing a headband. Uh he's wearing the headband that the, the, the guy wears in uh in um what's the movie where they're playing Russian roulette in Vietnam with De Niro and Christopher Walken? He's wearing the Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. He's wearing deer the Deer Hunter. Hunter headband. And he has a Darth Maul t-shirt. And I just don't... Sometimes I don't know if he's doing it to fuck with me or if he is a real genetic nerd. Which I respect. I have a lot of respect for nerds. I like, have a question. Because I'm a fucking nerd of sorts. You are a nerd. You're wearing an aviator shirt. Yeah, it's aviator. It's Avatar, and I'm wearing Aviator, I'm wearing it because I'm on a with, comedy podcast. Uh, Leo I'm DiCaprio. dressing for my show. Leo DiCaprio, yeah, it's where Leo DiCaprio paints it. his Are you body wearing, blue. What is that? What is that he shirt? Out, Aviator. It, it's Avatar. <laughs> it's Avatar shirt. I got a deep pop. So listen, you bought that. You like you, it's so amazing. So this whole pod, this podcast is now just about your sci-fi fantasies or your mystical fantasies. It's about stupid shirts. No, so listen. So we did we the the World Series got one. The people are in the streets, okay? And mm. while while the world the last game of the World Series is happening, I'm shooting this thing for YG, right? Yeah. We're doing a collab yeah. with YG. So by the time this comes out, it'll be leaked that we're doing this. So 
we're doing a collab with YG and his company, and we're doing a photo shoot, and I'm doing a commercial at the same time. Okay, so, mm. so like YG and his people are there while we're shooting the stills for YG. They have the the Dodger game on, so his our crew and their crew is just gathered around a laptop, just yelling. They're shooting YG with these models and like cars. I'm in the basement of this location shooting. Uh, a commercial with with Andrew and a bunch of our friends, right? Um, Ali Mack was in it. Right. My, the homeboy Alloy, Polo Cuddy, Alex Meslansky, um, uh, Trace from the Marshall Brothers, uh, Ricky from Born and Raised. Everyone came through to to be in this commercial, and the commercial is starring Andrew from All Gas. And the commercial is a parody of an ambulance chaser lawyer called Larry H. Parker from L.A. And what I did is I is I did like Incredible. I did like a period piece commercial with like it's like I did a comedy dialogue commercial for Born and Raised. So on one side we have very serious YG high end editorial photos, and on my side I just went full fucking daytime television VHS commercial with just like ridiculous Perfect. fucked up. It's like people giving testimonials and asking Andrew to sue. As, a, as an ambulance chaser lawyer. And the funny thing about Andrew is that Andrew looks exactly like the young version of Larry H. Parker, who also looks like Kleinfeld from Carlito's Way. So I also brought a little 22 for Andrew on set to, to, to fully flesh out the role, right? So we're, we're all watching this, and we're all, everyone's watching the game. We're shooting the fucking shoot. I'm doing the commercial. It's fucking hectic. I'm like, up until the day of the commercial, I'm just like, I'm telling my girlfriend, just don't come over. I'm trying to write. It makes me crazy. It's like the hardest thing you'll ever do is writing. Writing's a horrible thing. It's just the most, it's the most fucking horrifying task. Not for you because you're a psychopath and you just, and your ghostwriters write your books. But like for me, I actually sit down and have to yeah, write. Yeah, two-time New York Times bestselling author. Best-selling I know author. how to write. It's fine. Author. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so up and leading up until the shoot, it's just crazy. I'm stressed out. I get to the shoot. It's just a full adrenaline dump. It's very stressful doing these things for me personally, and because uh, I wanted to work. And in the middle of the shoot, uh, the the Dodgers are like winning the World Series, and after the shoot, I go home, and Sponto is out in the middle of the chaos of the fucking after party. And you, all of them are out there. Sponto's fucking doing graffiti on the ground. They're doing sideshows. We're all like, we're all texting each other. Uh, all the born and raised boys are texting each other because. As soon as they win the World Series, we drop the World Series T-shirt, the official Dodgers Born and Raised World Series T-shirt, which we had designed. Like right. everything right now is just on fucking. It's just like design this fucking shirt, get it approved, <laughs> go to the Dodgers, get the thing ready. Are they going to win? They're going to win. Drop the shirt right now. We drop the shirt. The shirt goes fucking like. I don't want to be tacky, but the shirt. I'll I'll tell you what it did. It it. How many blanks? How many blanks? Hold on. Blank if it if you hit if you saw <laughs> What does this mean? Did you did you sell twenty five thousand? Did you sell a hundred thousand t shirts? Uh two tone. Are we moving you? Are we moving you out of Los Feliz? <laughs> Let's just say Are we are we are you- the next morning I went to the Porsche dealership and not only <laughs> did I get a Porsche, I got a, I got the world's first stretch Porsche. I got. I had. I, I said, take this fucking Porsche, yeah. chop it, add four it's more six Porsches, Porsches in the middle. You're like, I'm buying and on the six back, I want a dually. Porsches. The back is a dually. The front, you know, yeah. calm. Take a breath. One, you take a fucking breath. I started. You cut me <laughs> off. 
I take a breath. This is how we get calm. I want to thank Calm for sponsoring this podcast. We love you so much. I'd like to stay calm. Two-tone is human. If you were to take a photo of what calm looks like as a human, it's two-tone. So here we go. One of the most powerful ways to improve your overall health and happiness is to get a good night's sleep. But if your daily routine has changed, it can be harder to fall asleep and stay asleep. I, I personally experience this when my when my routine changes, and it does. I have a, I have a routine that I stick to. I'm in bed by 10, 30, 11. I try to get up at 7-ish. I get to work. I work out. I have a whole routine. But sometimes my routine gets fucked up because I have to do a job. I got to get up early and podcast. Omar barfed in the sink. So that's why I'm really excited to partner with Calm because this is an app that is designed to help ease stress and to get the best sleep of your life. And without good sleep, you can't be a functional person. And when you're leaving- Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and over 100 sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry, Kelly Rowland, and Laura Dern. They definitely wouldn't use my voice. Laura Dern, <laughs> Laura Dern has, a, has a soothing voice? I didn't know this. Get the Calm app and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. And when you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion for 40% off a Calm Premium subscription at calm.com slash PTA. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. New content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash PTA. That's calm.com forward slash PTA. Calm, C-A-L-M dot C-O-M forward slash PTA. Calm.com forward slash PTA. Get calm and relax. I mean, is it going to like, how how hard is it going to fuck with your ego when I'm richer than you? Because I know you, I know you like being the richest guy in the room. I think, uh, I was thinking about it the other day in my, uh, you know, in my in my sick, disgusting brain. I was sitting there just like being like, and I was thinking about it. I was like, there's if if two tone gets actually rich from just selling fucking sports apparel, I'm going to lose my mind. And I was just like, I love it. And I love the fact that I feel that. And I'm <laughs> so happy you for you. And at the same time, and no, it doesn't even make me angry. I was just thinking, I'm like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And, um, and and it makes me so happy because I know you're going to do such good things with all your money. You're going to start, like, flying me around. We're going to just go into spas. I won't, you know, like, that's the biggest <laughs> thing is, like, I think me and you should just start doing the podcast from the spa. Maybe we'll be able to afford, like, maybe a producer that does something. And it's just going to be, like, a really big uh, day for everybody, you know? See, I'm my. I have a different philosophy with people that that I work with, and I, I I say that you find someone and they suffer with you, and then when you do hit gold, you lavish them with just like you build them you up. Drop and you them. say now that you, you drop them. No, you drop them. <laughs> That's what most people do. Most people get most people get a bag and just drop whoever they're with and go. Oh. I don't need to pay. I can afford yeah. real people now and just fucking bounce. You know, they just say, oh, fuck yeah. you. you know? um, no, I mean, I, I will say that, like, look, yeah. he, with Born and Raised, to be totally honest, um, it's a it's been seven years of us banging our head against the wall and seven years of us us having success, right? Like, we've had success every year. It's gotten bigger and bigger. But it hasn't been, you know, some people's trajectory is like year one, they're fucking gone. Like, you see it and they're just like, they instantly get rich. And yeah. with Born and Raised, like, you know, we've been building this thing and putting the money back in for so long. And, uh, you know, 
it's it's definitely caught it's definitely on fire but it's not like it's not like what people like people think i'm fucking rich and i'm not you know because i'm reinvesting it, I, I, I know. it goes back in i, know. I, I do know. good but uh you know, know but the money but you know we're building we're building something bigger and it takes, always it takes say, a while i always say you're rich, I, rich. I think it dude you're rich if you can pay your bills so i'm, yeah. I'm rich yeah, see, you're rich. I can pay my bills. I'm rich. I'm spiritually sound. You know, I'm, I, I I had a great meeting with my therapist this week. It was great, you know? How was your therapist? It's great. How's your colonoscopy? Did we actually get a result? Oh, dead? okay. Uh, I like how you deferred. I'm gonna, You should tell your shrink how you deferred from when I asked how was your therapy, and you went right to my asshole. Uh, oh, you asked? I didn't hear you. The Zoom glitch. You want me to talk about my therapy no, with doctor, no, we'll, my doctor? No, we'll do my colonoscopy first. So... I talked to my yeah. doctor. <laughs> I talked. I talked to my doctor. No. I talked to my doctor. I talked to my doctor. Yeah. And he says that uh, I wrote it all down in my thing. He's like, "Look," he said, "You're." He said, "I'm really fucking healthy. All your, you know." He told me all the glucose and all these. All your levels are great. You're fucking strong. He's like, "You need to lose some weight," and you know, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I know. Always." Um, he's like, "Your BMI is a bit high." I'm like, "Yeah, I know," and. Um, he said I'm really good. The polyp is non-cancerous. I mean, he basically he read the tea leaves of my asshole and just kind of you know disseminated the yeah. information. He said I'm great, and then we just kind of veered into an information into a conversation about TRT, and I started talking about that. You know, TRT, TRT is right testosterone replacement therapy. What's TRT? Like, you know, testosterone when people take tests. Why? Because you, you got boobies about that whole thing? or why? Do you got? No, no, no. I don't have boobies. Um, I don't know. It's just people like. When you get to people, people as young as 30 do this shit. Their testosterone dips. They start injecting testosterone. It's like the fountain of youth. And I'm talking to the guy and I'm just like, you know. He, Should I get testosterone? No, because you don't even do anything. Um, I think if you get testosterone, oh, it's just going to okay. give you a hard on okay. while you eat fucking candy bars. You know what I mean? Like you, I think testosterone is only good if you're like exercising and doing shit. I mean, probably make you feel great. It'd probably be great. Oh. It's an antidepressant. It makes you horny. Mm. Um, anyway, so I'm what? talking to the doctor. The doctor's very like, he's very pro TRT testosterone. He's like, yeah, come on in. We'll do a blood panel. We'll give you the stuff. And like, I'm like, you know, I think about it. I'm like, that could be cool. I have a, I have a little extra pep in my step. I'm getting fucking ripped, <laughs> really pissing you off because I know how angry you get. If I got shredded, if I got no. like really lean and mean, you'd be so, you'd be so angry because there just be you just you you hate it. You fucking hate it so much. Um, no, I would be so happy for to, you. I, the same way I am. No, I, 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 I Alex. You know, <laughs> like it, it's. I've seen your body. It's gross. So it's just like you need to work. I want you to get in shape because you. This middle ground bullshit. Either when you're yeah. plumped up, either you're plumped up like me. I'm plumped up. I'm plumped. So I'm like either you're packed up like a piece of shit. Or you're like a saggy, you're like a saggy bottom boy right now. I'm not saggy. Like My saggy, body's very taut. You're halfway. You're like halfway. You're halfway fit. You're halfway fat. It's like you're very confusing no, for me. No, and, no. and it's just like, you know, like you got like some like um, um, like skin tags or something going on probably under your breasts. And I think we just no. need to fix that up. No, my body is my body. I is think solid. you should take testosterone. You need more weight. You need more weight in your hike pack. I did and the hike. I hiked with Renee last night. More chicken. I eat, I had a lot. Of I, need, I how's Renee? I hiked with Renee last night with the vest. 
He's he wasn't doing so good. And um <laughs> was he smoking while he was hiking? No. Um but but yeah, anyway, so I'm talking to the doctor about the TRT and you know, he's like, you know, he's he, he, obviously he thinks I should do it. And then I, you know, I talked to someone else about it. I talked to a buddy of mine that did it and he said that his urologist told him not to do it. And, you know, there's things that I think about and it's like, I don't want to fuck anything up that I have. I don't want to lose my fucking hair. No. I don't want to get uh, acne. And I actually don't need to become hornier, right? Because I know this shit makes you even horny. No. Like, I don't want to be horny. You're a horn. You're horned. You're full horn. I don't need to be horn. My horny levels are pretty great. I don't need to get fucking hornier because then I become a deranged pervert. And I don't need that in my life. I got job. I got work to do. No. You know, I got things to do. So anyway, so yeah, um, World Series. Nailed it. Born and raised. Going. Uh, Larry H. Parker commercial. Cutting it right now as we speak. Things are moving, man. You know. And uh, I just want to just throw something at you. Um, I just want to just let me just ask. Let me just. Okay. Uh, wheat. A uh, wheat pita. String cheese. Laura Scudder's sugar-free peanut butter chunky. Raisins. Plump like artisanal raisins. And a drizzle of honey. What do you think? I think get rid of the whole wheat pita and you'll be great. You like the, and you use a regular pita. You like the cheese and the honey and the peanut butter and the raisins? I'm sure it'd be a nice mouthfeel. String cheese doesn't really have flavor, so it's going to be more about texture. You're not mad at cheese and peanut uh, butter. Well, no, because it doesn't, that cheese, you said string cheese. If you were to say a type of cheese, like a sharp cheddar or something that has like a flavor profile, actually, yeah. where like a string cheese is just texture. So I think it would make everything just kind of more creamier and more like kind of just like <laughs> soft and, and better mouthfeel. Better mouthfeel. I like that you, I thought you were going to just, I, I fed that to you so you would shit on it, but you just totally like. Took it very Why would I shit on it? You know I like to eat stupid things. I like to eat stupid things. Well, every time I tell... It's kind of one of my go-to snacks. Whenever I tell people about it, they're like visibly disgusted. They're just like, this is fucking horrible. Well, because I think a lot of people are disgusted just by you genuinely. But it's just like... It, it is. Then you add true. that cheese or pickle or just like... I think it's just a matter of that kind of stuff. Like people just can think it's like pregnancy. Like you're eating pickles and cheese and or ketchup. I don't know. Or cravings, like a weird craving. I don't think that that's too weird if you had a pita with peanut butter, cheese. Um, I think if you had like tuna, peanut butter, that's weird, you know? Like if you were like, I really like those canned smoked mussels, canned smoked mussels, peanut butter, raisins, cheese, um, you know, baby little cornichon pickles. And that on a pita, I'd be like, now you're fucked up. Is this not a good bet? This whole Uh, no, this is just just don't don't just you know you like the fucking sandwich or you don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about fish and peanut butter and mussels and fucking tinned sardines. Are you? What's going on with you? Are you? I thought that's what you wanted out of me. I thought that's what you wanted out of me. What happened? I thought that's what you wanted out of me. Did you lose a family member? What's fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you today? Oh, look who's chiming in. You've been talking the whole time because I, I'm listening. Oh, Jason. Yeah, Jason's I know, chiming in I know, because listen. you have stuff going on. I have a lot of I'm, – I'm like – I opened a burger shop. I have – like I'm just like – my head I can is tell, literally inside I can tell of my when you're checked out. right now. I can, tell when you're, I can tell when you're checked out. Is it is it the baby? The baby's checked keeping out. you up? Checked out. I'm not checked is, out. Is Trish pregnant again? What's going on? I'm checked in. 
Did you, did you knock up again? We're gonna have you knocked up Trish again. <laughs> I think so. The uh, you, oh my god, no, you, you, no more babies. You um, dropped another baby in there. You did yeah, another refueling. I don't know. I'm just like consumed. The podcast, the podcast, I'm consumed. To be I feel honest, like, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like when you and Trish, I'm just when crushed. you and Trish have sex, when you guys have sex, I imagine mm. that it's two. It's when two jets refuel in the air, and that hose comes out, and it just kind of yes. guides. It, you know, it's like. You guys are suspended. You're suspended in the air. Someone guides your penis in. They smack your butt. A few drops yeah. come out and she's pregnant. That's how it goes. Dude, that is literally how it is. I feel, I, I, I think like me and Trish, like every time she gets pregnant, it's like we have sex. Like it's just like we have sex and then I'm like in between flying somewhere. So it's like, I'll come <laughs> home, I'll have sex. And then, and then I'm gone, and then, like, I'll be gone for, like, a month, and Trisha's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, perfect. See you in three more, more months, and and uh, and then we have a baby. So you guys legit, you, you guys legitimately, like, I, like, you guys mate. That's what you do. You don't fuck. You just mate. Like, you're like a pair of penguins. You, every yeah, once in a while, you I'm mate, a thoroughbred. and there's I'm like a Clydesdale. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Clydesdale. No, I'm not a thoroughbred. A you're, you're, I'm honey, like, you're, you're nowhere near a horse. You're, you're, have you seen our children? Our children are incredible. The children are beautiful, but you're not a Clydesdale. You're like a, you're like some sort of uh, uh, flightless bird that like just a, impregnates. Like a baby pony. I'm like one of those like a ponies. No, you don't have four legs. What happened? <sighs> yeah. I see. I see Roy. I got four legs. Hey, Roy, can you hear you us? Roy popping up. I can hear you. I've been listening. He's definitely uh, not a Clydesdale. It's what? <laughs> Roy! Roy! He's, the, he's nowhere I'm near a Clydesdale. Clydesdale. I don't know what I was I'm thinking. I'm saying about. I'm a Clydesdale based on the product. Based on the product, the children. Oh. I'm a Clydesdale. Oh You're, my yeah. Roy, that's so nice. Roy Troy, everybody. Welcome Roy, to the podcast. This is Powerful Truth Angels. Roy is here. Roy is in the house, massive fan. I feel and, uh, I feel good you know, that I'm here. I feel good that Roy is here because Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I cut you off? Anyways, I feel good that Roy is here. Um, no, I don't know, Roy. I, when I see Roy, uh, I I feel. I, I've never said this to you, Roy, but when I, I see you around once in a while and I run into you and I always feel it's it's nice to see someone from L.A. who is doing things and is really about L.A. And it's like he's just one of these fixtures, one of these people that like I see him doing things in the world. I see his projects and I'm like, this dude is here. He's from here. He gets it. And he's like a part of this community. You know what I mean? And when you see that in someone, mm. you know, you mm. don't know what it you don't know what it's like to be a part of a community. You live in the woods and you know, you yell you yell at your garden. <laughs> but like in LA, there's a thriving city. We have internet that works. Uh, yeah. you know, and and uh and, and we don't mate, we fuck. So, you know, yeah. that's what that's how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. That's real nice. That's, that was Roy. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Uh I've been really nervous preparing for this because you two are such uh, wizards with the tongue. Um, but I appreciate that, man. I just try to bring positivity wherever I go, man. You know? But you guys do the same born and raised. I got born and raised on right now. I got, Hell yeah. I prepared for this. Maddie, uh, collection Look, Dave, you got the See? merch. <laughs> Look at that. Amazing. I got the this merch. I got, the I, got the I got the Toronto cup. I got born and raised. I got everything going on here. 
Dude, Ready what a fucking you. guy. This is the thing about you, Roy. This is the thing about Roy. Yeah. You are such a fucking true blue. You are such a fucking good person at the core. Every time I do an event in like in, in LA, you are there. Like yeah. the time when I knew you were the fucking realist fucking dude is when you just rolled up, I was doing a fucking book signing at like a Urban Outfitters. Oh, like yeah. don't even like, and and you just like roll in, fuck the line. You roll up and you're just like, what's up? You're in my town. I'm going to come say what's up to you. Yeah. And it, it was just like, at that moment, I was just like, you're such a fucking real one. And in a world <laughs> of of chefs and, and in a world of like just people of like, people are just wieners. You know, yeah. there's so many, so many dweebs, so many wieners, so many like half stepping fucking losers. <laughs> and it's, it's always just such an amazing time. Every time I see you, it's this smile. Every time oh, I see you, you're, 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 you're working on something that's important. Like, well, you, you know, know like, man, it's I'm, like you're, I'm good at sneaking into shit, man. That's, you know, who I was as a youth. I'm good backdoor motherfucker, you know, just, I, I, you know, so all these big events, like I never fuck with the line. I just go by because you and also right, you would right. appreciate this, Maddie. I, I you know, it. I work in the industry. I'm in I'm in beverage. So I, I know where all the back doors are. I know where the back dock is. I know how to get in places, you know, so it's like, I, you know, it's funny. Dude, it's, you it's, can get into any 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 building in the world. You just have to put on a chef jacket and say you're catering. Yeah, and you can just, just get, walk in just walk in uh, just and get a sheet pan like just by just invest in one sheet pan. <laughs> Like one sheet pan and a chef coat, like a cheap ass chef coat. I just carry that sheet pan like this. <laughs> you can get it, and you can get yeah. it in the Grammys, the Oscars, <laughs> you can Met Gala, wherever. You, you get know, into you the federal. You can get into the federal just building. Walk into the Met Gala. Yes. Federal building. Get in the, the federal building yeah. and plant some uh, explosives. <laughs> um, well, since since we're oh since this is now the uh, let's 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 suck Roy Choi's dick show. I'm gonna get the balls. Um, All right. It's uh, like this is like Tiger's OnlyFans. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what this is. This yeah. is this, <laughs> this is our OnlyFans where we just is. we just give Roy's Roy's Choi fellatio. But I'll I'll tell you, Roy Choi pulled up for one of my early born and raised, uh, I think for the Reebok one. And he was in in the video. And uh, you know, if you if you go back and you look at the born and raised Reebok commercial, Roy Choi's in the in the film. And you know, oh, yeah. I I appreciate him doing that stuff because you know, he look um, the LA is, is, uh, overflowing with assholes and, uh, most of them are not from here and people come here and, and do a few things and just cop a wild attitude and get very snooty and Roy Choi's, you know, um, he could, he could have an attitude and he'd, he'd probably be deserved to have, he probably deserves to have an attitude, but, uh, he decided to not be a piece of shit. And I'm always, I always want to applaud people that, uh, you know, don't, don't act like dicks. <laughs> You know, that's, that's, I, I know that that's a weird backhanded compliment, but like, you know, people are so shitty and like, I have no interest in, in, I don't want to deal with you if you think that being cool is, is everything and, and, you know, and you want to be an asshole to me or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I don't, I don't have, that's not currency for me. <clears throat> so anyways, I have respect for Roy Choi and, and, uh, and what he does and all his stuff. And, and also I have respect for Roy Choi's poetry, which I'm just, just became aware of. Um, <laughs> Jason, I haven't done it in a while. I haven't done it in a while. Those were the early days, dude. But I'm not gonna. Okay, in Creative. in the, in, in, the uh, in the tradition of us providing uh, Roy with oral pleasure, 
Um, Jason did a deep dive and, um, you know, I'm a person that likes to turn a phrase myself. I've been writing, uh, a lot and like, I read this stuff. It's, it's actually not like it's solid. Like it's good stuff. I mean, if you, if you have the time, do a deep dive in Roy Choi's poetry, you know, because like, look, man, we're all, we're all exposing ourselves, our innermost, uh, private selves on social media, whether we want to or not. And sometimes you got to drop fucking bars. Am I wrong? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fuck with it. Um, what's up, Maddie? You got more to say about Roy? Let's keep it going. Yeah, keep it going. Keep sucking. I him. want Roy to talk. <laughs> keep sucking him. <laughs> no, I like I like palatial. Like I haven't had a blow so Roy. In a long time, man. I'm married. I haven't had one in a while, so this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I will suck your dick. Roy, um, Roy, so wait, Roy, can I ask you guys a question before no. you get into Roy's life? Sorry to cut you off. When you guys are <laughs> yeah, married. Yeah, you go ahead. Sorry. When you get married. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about marriage and blowjobs. Yeah. No, seriously. I hear this about guys getting married. When you're married and you're in a long-term relationship like that, are blowjobs a thing that you only get like on your birthday or on Christmas? Is that true? Because I hear that from married guys. I don't like blowjobs. <laughs> Okay, that's, not, a, that's a crazy. I don't know. I mean, talking. every relationship is different, but they're not as frequent as when you're dating, for sure. Yeah, they slow down. I can tell. They, they slow, slow down. down. I, I yeah. think it slows down. Yeah, it's a little more of like a think... yeah drip drip coffee versus a espresso. <laughs> <laughs> that's a stupid stupid <laughs> example. But... <laughs> no, that, that makes sense, Roy. Slows that down. makes perfect sense to me. That makes perfect sense to me. But it's like. Also, I think it's mostly dudes that say that shit. It's like, when was the last time you went down on your wife? You know, That's get true. the fuck out of here. Yeah, ding, you ding. Know? When was the last time you went down on your wife and you fucking ate, 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 ate some rest, ass? Ate uh, some ass. Yeah. When was the last time? Ate some ass. Eat some ass. When was the last time you went for dinner? You know, everything's always like dudes always out here being like, yo, you can't get sh like, it's just like, no, nah, that shit's whack. You it's a reciprocal. You got to you got to give. You got to put in work. And you got to put in emotional work and physical work. It's work. Okay? I'm just a thoroughbred. So I dive in. I dive in every three years. Dive in, baby. Jump out, you know? <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of eating ass, the first time I heard you, uh, Two-Tone, was on uh, uh, Jude's podcast. Jude and Ross's podcast, For Really? The For Really Show. Oh, my Shout God. Shout out to Jude and Sanayim Silla. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I heard you. I, I knew about you before, but that was the first time I heard you talking. I was like, this dude's gonna have a pod one day, man. You were good on this. Oh show. shit! Yeah, I used to. <laughs> I fuck. Yo, I used to call. I go so far back with Rude Jude. I used to call into yeah. All Out Show when I had my first company. This is like 2006. I used to call in there and talk shit to him, and I'd call in. <laughs> I call in and and like, I had the. They gave me the hotline so I could just call in, and I and I okay. knew him through some buddies of mine. This group called Styles of Beyond. And mm -hmm. uh, Get Busy Committee, which is a group I used to fuck with and like do work with. Yeah. And I did the, my first music video was Get Busy Committee and uh, opening ceremony. Look, at, look up that one. Anyways, um, yeah. and I'm in that video too. Um, not to, not to, I've been, I've been heavy. I've been really monopolizing this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but I used to call. No, it's okay to tell. No. We have a guest on. It's fine. Tell <laughs> yeah. us more about yeah, Tell us more about yourself. <laughs> about your roots we have, we have we have literally the most famous chef in la <laughs> okay, on our podcast let me stop. maybe the world let's talk about your old clothing about... career you fucking yes. idiot <laughs> hey roy let me back tell two-tone to shut the fuck up thank you roy, roy thank you roy let's let, tell no, no, us... let's, let's let the og talk that's what i'm talking about no, i know that's Put the some thing fucking <laughs> <respect> <laughs> my hat still... maddie yeah, fucking hick oh my um <laughs> 
Anyways. Ask Roy a fucking simple question so he can start talking, you fuck. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, Roy. You. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. You care so much. You care so much about the people. Yeah, man. And and during the pandemic, everyone is hurting. And it's just like, like you, you, you're like, I just want to know like wh where you're at, what you're doing. Like it, it is, I know that like you're, you're constantly moving. I know that you're always trying to get everyone fed before you eat. And, yeah. and I just, I, I want to know like during this pandemic, how has it like changed your business and your mentality towards hospitality? Man. Um, you know, like I, I, I you know, I just, this at this point in my life, I guess a little bit later in my life, I, you know, I'm just trying to really bring again smiles and positivity. And when I, I don't have like a dimmer switch, so I can't go like, I, 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 I can't go like uh, I can't do things like halfway or anything like that. So it's like, um, I don't know. I tried to be an asshole when I was younger, you know, and I, it just didn't wasn't my thing, you know. What yeah. I mean, it was it never really was my thing, you know. Like literally think thinking about you this morning uh graffiti like i used to write on shit but then like because i'm like a really compulsive person i'd go back and, and clean it up after i write on you but you wouldn't buff yourself because <laughs> yeah, I, I felt bad you know for business is that I like always a, had this, is that like a I, korean I always thing? had a good heart you like, know but when it, you're young, like having a good heart it's not cool you know it's like it's shit, not like, cool it's not cool, you know, and, and girls don't like that shit. And like, you know, I, I didn't know how to, I tried to be an asshole. I wasn't good at it. Um, eventually I, I, I found a place where the two converged, where I could, and food was that thing where I could, I could finally like take care of people, but then them actually mm. appreciate it. Um, and then just over time that developed into this thing, which is who I am now, which is, um, it's not about ego or being, the best chef or anything like that. It's about how many people I can feed. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an addiction. Um, uh, but it's a good addiction because what I do is I just try to like think about how many people are hungry out there and how many can I like, how many people can I physically affect, whether that's me directly feeding them or through things that I do that have like a mushroom effect on it. So, um, as far as your question goes, Maddie, this pandemic hurt everything, you know, like uh, we lost probably 50% of my businesses. Two of my restaurants are down, one in Vegas, one here. Um, the bar had to move to the parking lot. Uh, the trucks are still out there. Luckily, we stayed alive because our fan base like kept us alive. Uh, but we lost all our catering. So um, with food trucks, mm -hmm. half the business is catering things you don't see, like birthday parties, weddings. Uh, here in Hollywood, we have uh, a wrap you know, parties and like uh, feeding the crew and all that, all that's gone because people couldn't gather. Uh, but what we did in the meantime is we went out and fed people for free. So that's really what we did. That's the specific answer to your question is uh, I was thinking about like business and profit and like, what are we going to do? Everything's crumbling. This was back in like March and April. It's like, what are we going to do? And um, I just figured, you know what, why don't we create a pipeline? We have this fan base. We have these followers. Everyone donate anything from like 50 cents to $10,000, whatever you want to do. And I'll be the oversight committee. 
all that money, it's not like it goes somewhere, you don't know where that money goes. I'll keep track, I'll keep you up to date on everything. Everywhere that money goes will go to feeding somebody. Kogi takes no profit, he keeps our staff employed. And uh, that became the new Kogi. So we were out there on the streets feeding like uh, literally like 1,000, 3,000 people with all money donated from ourselves and from our fan base. So that's what's been keeping Kogi alive. Holy yeah, it's so kind of like, um, I don't know, it was like this very, very hippie way of looking at business, you know, um, you know, like, but I think um, that's the thing that's happening right now. Like you with, with the farm, like you with the farm, like a farm. Ain't gonna, it's not about, it's not going to make you fucking Bill Gates, you know, but it's going to No. but it's, there is a, there is an economy and there is a, a flow, you know? a happiness, and a, happiness. a spiritual uh, richness. You know, yes. it's like, this is like the thing that's happening right now, I think, which is like, um, with with all of the restaurants closing, most of the restaurants closing, uh, most of the restaurants not being able to open back up um, through you know relationships with their landlords, uh, yeah. the government not giving the money to the right people, like massive chains getting millions of dollars, mom mm. and pop shops ain't getting shit, um, and and I think it's like people um, in positions um, like yourself and myself. Um, you know, we, we have to start thinking about how to try to take care of the communities and it's not about the profit. It's about like just breaking. I like, I just want to be able to be like break even if we, if we can break even and give away food, um, at the same time, like even since like I opened a burger shop like two weekends ago yeah. and, um, it's like, we've given away, I think close to like 500 cheeseburger mm -hmm. combos. And it's like every night when there's no no-shows, there's like some um, tent encampments yep. around in the park across from us. And we we bring over like every night there's like 20, 20 um, like no-shows or whatever it is, but we make the combos, whatever. And we, we bring them out to the encampment. So I think it's just like, if you have the means right now and you're in the hospitality, it has to be like, it has to be that balance of like, you have to give, like you have to. Well, you're and, Maddie. You're you're really giving away leftovers. That. That's kind of how like I, that's Maddie. Maddie that's kind of how you're giving leftovers. You're giving left, oh, you're giving, no, 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 Maddie. Maddie. I'm trying to have a good <laughs> no, podcast. No, hold on. I'm trying to have a good podcast. I'm here, I'm yeah, here Maddie. Why truth. why didn't you give those burgers away at the beginning? Yeah, Maddie. Yeah, if, Maddie. If, Maddie tried to do something we, good. We give, give away. Maddie tried to level himself up to you, Roy. Let me answer. Let me answer his question. See, I would have I would have gave I would have gave the burgers away at the start. Yeah. Yeah, but good. But you're getting there. No, <laughs> we're getting but there. But we did. No, we do. I didn't say that. I said that at the beginning. We give. We gave away opening week. We gave away burgers. I'm like Trump right now, like fucking psychopath. <laughs> He's very. But it's Trumpy. just like no, no, no. It is. Um, no, but I hear you. I just giving. I always wish like um, I tried to build my 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 professional life, I guess, around uh, the philosophy of like family meal, like all my my kind of businesses, like my day-to-day -day, nine to five businesses of like serving food. If you look at, if, if people want to like, you know, look into my life or really research me, like all my businesses, and you know, this two-tone being in LA, like I don't make shit off my food businesses. Like I sell food for $2 and $6, you know? And um, this, the whole goal of the whole thing is just to keep it alive and the blood pumping and healthy. Um, and then I just hustle on the side with like this stuff, you know, entertainment and all those things to pay my bills. 
mm-hmm. but the food part of it is just to is just to feed people, man. And sometimes I didn't you need know that. So you you're like, stuff- you, need, you need like make you need mixtapes in your life, or you need art in your life. Like like my businesses, I guess, are my art. You know, like you need that. Some things aren't just all about money. You know, some things are about taking care of people. That's just the way I live my life. So your food yeah, is. I don't know priced- if you know this two tone. So most restaurants, most restaurants yeah. are if Hold you're on. dialed, ten percent profit. If Hold you're on. dialed, I, I have a question. Maybe. Though. Like, let's just take it back because when mm-hmm. when you started doing the the fusion with the with the tacos and the Korean barbecue, I oh, yeah. remember it, and I remember I remember the taco trucks because like when I was a kid, the taco trucks were like most people were scared to eat off of them, right? They used to call them roach coaches, and you only and some people knew where the good taco trucks were and knew where to get like the bomb tacos, but most people the the most people the only people ate off of off of taco trucks was like construction workers and you know and and people in the community who knew about where the good ones were and i remember when you started doing your thing i remember seeing it and being like because were you the first person to do the the twitter location stuff with the taco trucks yeah that was all by accident but we were the first ones to um to make hype Merge food and social media, Control. merge uh, social feed, uh, media and food together. You know, before that, you know, like restaurateurs, like Maddie was mentioning the 10% restaurateurs, literally they're doing everything they can just to get through the day. You know what I mean? Like cooks have fucking a prep list, like 10 times the size, you know, like you just got every second matters, uh, the front of the house, the restaurateurs, nobody got time to like tweet or like put out, you know, messages. Um, but Kogi, we were out there on the streets, just driving around, had some free time to start putting out messages. And that, that built the, 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 the building blocks for now. You can't even imagine a restaurant or a chef without a, without a social media account. Well, when you yeah, started those trucks so too, th- there, th- there was no, there was the only trucks out were taco trucks and a couple like really bad food trucks. Like there was no like, good food trucks it's, well let me not say good but like there was no kind of like newer food trucks like cutting yeah the, like this whole food. kind of gourmet or like blueberry hand pie or right. whatever type of stuff wasn't around what you had were uh the lunch trucks which you're mentioning which are the all white trucks yeah go to the construction sites and just a quick little bit of history the uh the reason why the lunch trucks became such a big deal here in los angeles is because uh here in LA in the early eighties, mid eighties, we had a huge construction boom. Mm. Um, and that was, uh, you know, like down to half of downtown was built at that time and all that stuff. And, uh, when you're working on those skyscrapers and stuff, like you got nowhere to go to eat. So that really built the foundation for that lunch truck culture right. here uh, with all the construction sites, the houses being built, whole new neighborhoods, you know, LA is a fairly young city. So it's like the whole city has been, even for us that are still alive now, you've seen the city being built over the years and that's mm. been fed by lunch trucks. Um, and then you have the neighborhoods, you know, like East LA, Boyle Heights, South LA, Huntington Park, Whittier, Pico Rivera, you know, the Valley, you know, um, where we grew up around Norwalk, you know, Paramount, where we grew up around tacos and carne asada and El Pastor and chorizo. And those, that's food that you eat with family. And, um, mm on a regular day basis. So, but as far as, yeah, like the, what you, what you're talking about, that didn't exist until Kogi. 
and then after yep. that, it was a fucking. So explosion. I, I want to get I want to get props. There was one truck out there when we when we came out on the scene that was uh, the green truck. They're still around now, um, but uh, yeah, but Kogi, you know, definitely brought some. And then, and then and where where did like it, it's it, it's so crazy like even right now like we're using at, at like I'm doing a hundred percent like pre sale on mm. on our burger shop right now so like you pre order on Monday and you come Thursday Friday Saturday or Sunday and it's almost like a uh, like we're using the same uh, app literally as like a barber shop and so you pick like your we have a certain amount of of combos available yeah and it's just like. But it, it's such an amazing, like you, like the ingenuity from like tweeting, hey, everybody, building that following mm -hmm. thing, and now controlling restaurants literally just through Instagram. Crazy. Um, you know, like it, within Instagram's what, nine years old? It's not even, I think, yeah. maybe eight years old. And it's just like, it, it, it is, you know, Instagram. Like, how, what are your thoughts on like, you know, can restaurants get like burnt? And like from Instagram or like, do you still see value in social media? Like, where's the good? What's the good that you're seeing in social media that can help or, or help build up like restaurants? Well, I think, it, I, I think that it definitely has value. I, I know in the whole, uh, you know, trending um, wormhole of things, we tend to get focused, especially in these political environments now and in, in, in whatever the case may be, we get, we get we tend to believe all the propaganda that is being force fed to us and we only think the world is bad but uh social media has still has so much good like just on a bare bones basis telling people where our truck is at i mean that that right there is really important you know like saying we're posting up right here in long beach on this street you know there's no ulterior motive to that so that's a beautiful thing about that part of social media is that there's no agenda there's no ulterior motive there's nothing that you're trying to, there's no bait and switch. There's nothing like that. It's just, it's kind of like a drop on born and race. It's like, yeah, here, this is what we got. This is what time is going out and this is what's happening. And yeah. um, it's really important information for people. Sometimes it's not sexy. It's not like something that's going to, you know, like be written about, but it's every single day being consistent in that, um, you know, coming up with specials with you, with your burger shop, uh, me, when I come up with it, special or whatever, posting that up and just getting people excited. You know, um, th there's, there's something that uh, is really special about that, especially as a chef, when you uh, put out uh, something new, something that uh, you really like, something that looks tasty, um, you know, something that you know people are going to love and you put it out there and it's a special, people really respond to that. So there's a lot of good stuff that it could be used for. I think last thing is, uh, there are many things, but the last thing I'll say here is that it, there's also, um, it gives a voice to a lot of people, um, especially cooks in the kitchen, uh, people starting new startups, people just doing little pop-ups, you know, gives a voice for people that would never have that voice, you know, so um, that's really important, you know what I mean? I think, you know, what's interesting is, um, first off, you know, I think social media is great if you're going to... Um you know, virtue signal about giving a homeless guy a cheeseburger. Cause I think that's a great use of your, like your, your, uh, your portal. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's like, it's a val it's, it's, it's so noble that you're going to take food that you were going to put in the trash and then you put it, give it to a person because, yeah. you know, I gave, I said, yeah. I gave away burgers. We say that's what we do with the leftovers too. Okay. Oh I want to, I want to, <laughs> I'm fucking with Maddie today. Uh, do you, are you, um, 
You get there's a there's a there's a, a barbecue guy. I'm not gonna talk about this. Let's sorry. Go ahead. I just okay. I got a question. I just had an answer. I got a question. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, two tone. We're with you. Drink some yeah. water. Yeah. Roy, now I want to know how many, and I know that you probably won't even talk about this kind of stuff, but like the way that you took like your food, Korean food yeah. and, and Mexican food and put that together in such a beautiful, organic, real way. It's just like how many people like, I feel like just try to rip off, like you, you put your heart and soul into Kogi. Yeah. And, and it's just like, how many people think it's that easy? Oh, I got to get a truck. I got to, you know, I'm going to take this and that. I'm going to take West African and, and, it's so and, shitty. and French yeah. or so, something. Yeah. But it's just like, like that is like, Kogi is like, it's you. It, 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 yeah. It's like, it's your makeup. It's your DNA. And it like the food. I remember the first time, like coming from Canada that doesn't have like you know like we don't have a lot of mexican we have a lot of koreans but we don't have a lot of mexicans yeah. we don't have a lot of mexican food here because it's cold i feel that's the reason why like latinos and south americans and, and mexicans never really made its way up north but it it is um the very first time i ever had your food was at lax and I couldn't believe when you just had, you had like a food truck in the yeah. actual airport yeah. and I walked up and you were there <laughs> and we recognized, it was the first time we even met too. Yeah. And I was like, um, it was like, you know, being a, a guy from Canada and like doing my thing, but seeing like, seeing you, seeing like Roy Choi for the first time. And I was like, I'm at the air. I was like, this is the most LA thing. Ever. I'm like, this is happening. <laughs> and then when I ate your burrito, I was like, this is the greatest burrito i've ever had in my life and it's just like and this is coming like i don't know what i'm trying to say Roy, but this I'm just is, trying to this say is like, when maddie this is before maddie this is when maddie was like humble and nice yeah and before he got before he blew up and he was excited like he was so excited to meet me he was so excited to meet you and a couple years later he's just turned into like the most rotten person <laughs> <laughs> i but know like, I, I, I all the times i met maddie were before he blew up and i think i saw him after he blew up he just gave me a head and that was so yeah yeah, he's just like ah. He just, yeah. he just Before that, he was so excited. Yeah. He just yelled a catchphrase at you and kept it moving. Bah, 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 bah. He kept it moving. Yeah. 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 Do you? Roy, um, do you have but any thanks guilty... for those. Sorry, go ahead. No, let me answer Maddie's real quick. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. Great question because um, I think it goes down to authenticity. There's all these arguments about authenticity and food, who can cook what, and things like that. I think Kogi resonates. I mean, we're here 12 years later. A lot of people in the beginning called us a fad. You know, they didn't know what to place on it. Um, we came out kind of at the same time as the frozen yogurt boom here in LA. Holy so shit. people had to sometimes put us in that camp, but we're not, you know, like, and crazy. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the reason why Kogi stood the test of time, got the respect from the streets, from the mothers, from the tias, from everyone, from uh, everything is because it's authentic. It's authentic to Los Angeles. It's authentic to my life. It's authentic to the people that uh, eat it, that I grew up around, that are within my organization. Um, you know, I'm a Korean kid that moved around a lot, that comes from an immigrant family, that was part of a lowrider crew in Norwalk, that grew up around hip hop. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on the streets, just, you know, in my, in my, gray area days, you know, and I just represent everything that Kogi is. I represent, I represent that through the food. And, um, you know, for those of you guys that can do it through art or through lyricism or through music, 
it's just my form is food. So when people eat it, they can, they can feel all of those things. You know, it's not like, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm fronting trying to be this thing, you know, this, this street taco from the streets of LA and I'm trying to put on this image or anything like that. It's actually the, it's not like you're from Milwaukee. Yeah. I'm from Milwaukee trying to do all these things. So it's actually the opposite. So it, Roy, it, it's, do you, uh, are you wearing the it, anime? Paisa like shirt? I'm wearing a, a is it, is it, is it the anime Paisa one? No, it's just as born and raised on the back. Oh, I just thought of it. You, have you seen the one I did? It's a, it's a, it's a Paisa anime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you have one? No, I don't. I got to find, I'm going to dig one out for you. Okay. Um, I think like, I think that, um, I'm making actual, and I'm actually going to do it. Um, I think that like, so, so Kogi tastes like all those little things, you know, from carne asada at the park to Korean barbecue, to a home cooked meal, to, uh, being stoned to not, to not having a lot of money. And, you know, like what I heard in the beginning of this podcast of like string cheese and just all these little things together, all these little things and, and different, different, you know, a lot of times the chefs, Every, a lot of times we cook, we cook in restaurants trying to make food, I don't know, better or, or be the best or something. Um, but sometimes we forget about like eating and appetite have different rhythms and different moments. You know, sometimes when you eat after midnight or when you're younger, when you're 10 or when, when you're struggling in your 20s and trying to figure shit out. You know, there's different foods that you go through, and um, we just try to make Kogi encompass all of those things, you know, and that's poetry, I guess. Damn. I mean, it is. I feel like what you're doing and what you did is so different, you know, like it's so organic and it, it really does come from a real place. And I think that, like, you know, it's kind of super rare because like Maddie said, there's like 10 other dudes who like saw what you did and like, well, let's fucking mash this and this and fucking make a million dollars and make a truck. And they probably mm -hmm. did. And they probably got like a food yeah. scientist to do it. And your shit is just very like, it just makes sense. It's like, it is literally the same thing as me. I mean, not, not for nothing, but like taking two things that I like and mashing them together and eating them. Cause it's my own personal thing. You did the same thing. You have two environments. You're, you're, you know, it's so fucking organic and the f I didn't know that you priced it cheap and in in that you weren't you weren't pulling profits off all that stuff. I assume you had a fucking vast yeah. empire. I mean, the ingredients that go in and the work that goes in, uh, the amount of marinade and sauce and prep and everything that it takes to yeah. one Kobe taco, that taco could probably, you know, 10 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> maybe eight bucks, eight, nine bucks. And people will know? pay. So, we sell for two fifty. Yeah, people would pay that, but it, again, it goes back to representing. You know, I don't know how to say it without sounding cheesy, but representing culture. You know, mm -hmm. representing. You know, being about it. You know, like our food is for the people that you know that really live in the neighborhoods. If you really know about Kogi, like we drive to the neighborhoods. We drive to Pomona. We drive to Long Beach to Carson to, you know, Van Nuys, Pacoima, you know, um, you know, we're really about it. And, you know, and when you go to the neighborhoods, especially working class neighborhoods and neighborhoods where, um, you know, every penny counts, you know, you can't go there with a fucking $12 taco. Are your guys strapped? <laughs> no, man, we, we go with the smile. Okay. All right. You know what we did though? Uh, anytime in the early days, you know, um, 
anytime we're in the cut and any, anybody approached Kogi, um, you know, we, we just gave him a burrito, man. We said, listen, bro, like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, I don't know. they're like, give me all your money. You're like, but if you tried this burrito, yeah, just try the burrito and tell me if you still want to rob me, you know? And, yeah. uh, and they ate the burrito. Does this make you feel a certain type of way? Yeah, does it make you feel a certain type of way? They ate the burrito. Yeah, they were just like, oh, dude. Yeah, we, we, That's we, fucking we, good. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my god. Do you have any? Uh, now you gotta have. To, now you gotta have fools pulling up on Kogi trying to get free burritos. <laughs> yeah. <What the> fuck? <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. Oh um. Do you do you have any like guilt like I, I guess you guys are still you know in the food business like I'm constantly looking at references uh you know for for design and film like constantly just like yeah you know and are you guys as as food guys and not that this is a food pod because it's not but if as food guys are you guys constantly like looking high and low right because you guys like I know a lot I know about chefs and people in 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 fine dining that they love the weirdest trashiest food like when me and maddie went to vespertine the wait staff was having a conversation in front of us about taco bell uh about jack-in-the-box tacos and how fucking fantastic yeah. they were and i was blown away i'm like what i thought you guys just only ate like you know caviar out of fucking you know uh, uh silver trays and shit because it's everything was so snooty that i thought that you know but no a lot of chefs like to eat a lot of shit like a lot of trash like you guys like like tv dinners and shit right yeah, I guess that goes back to, I don't know if every industry is like that, um, but uh, everyone has their own vice, you know, like you do what you do for work. And sometimes when you're done with work, the last thing you want to do is that thing. You know? yeah. um, uh, I've known a lot of doctors who, you know, have to hold up an image that are really great people that have to live their life, you know, by the rules and, and, and be that beacon of light. But at home, they're they're watching fucking fisting porn, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So it's like you they're gotta kind of turn it off once in a while. Yeah, lines of coke. <laughs> now you got Maddie's you attention. Gotta, that. Yeah, that, there we go. I'm just I trying like, to wake I'm up like, Maddie. The doctor's gonna go home and be like, he's gonna be an asshole. He's gonna be an asshole to his wife, and you're like. Fisting porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm just trying to get Maddie. I'm trying to get Maddie in this, but um, but yeah, we just, I guess we just gotta turn it off, you know, and move on. Um, but we're always looking. But I think, you know, I I I think too that like a lot of chefs just love delicious things, and yeah. I think the concept of what delicious is isn't necessarily the fine dining Michelin thing. It's like I can eat a two dollar talk. I can eat a carnitas. I can have like how good, dude. The fucking uh, the chimichanga, the yeah. chimichanga from Jen and her team down at Sonora Town is one oh, of yeah. the best things. Yeah, that shit Literally is fire. Literally one of the best things in the world. Fire, so good. It's fire. Yeah, and and even still, it's like every time, it's 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 you get like a fucking dump. Like it's just like anything can be delicious, and I think just like in the restaurant, it's it's perception versus reality, right? It's like. Chefs in Michelin restaurants, they're wearing chef whites. It's like fucking, you know, the, the brigade. It's hostile. It is what it is. It's militant. And then at the end of the day, they want to just slam a taco. Or they yeah. want to... And, and the taco shouldn't be belittled to the fact that it is like... You know, that's the thing, too, is I think people got it twisted in the in the respect that, like, that is just as good yeah. as, you, you you know, like, you can go eat at Noma, and then you can go eat at, at Kebabic Stand yeah. right after and get a fucking lamb kofta. 
And, and that's a, like that's and, a great point because you know, we as cooks we all we appreciate all food and we have a very hyper palate, very hyper sensibility towards anything. So, you know, we we seek out we don't look at it as price or class or anything. We just right. seek out the best taco or the best hot dog or the best croissant, but also the best chefs, the best meals. And we're constantly, you know, like, um, I don't know how it is for you, Maddie. It's probably the same, but when I eat something, like, and probably you too, when you see like stuff, like, I, like I can distinguish shit, like really like in a millisecond, you know? And Absolutely. Just, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's not that I, you know, I'm, I, I'm pompous about it or anything. It's just that, you know, it's just something that's in my DNA. So um, sometimes I'll just not want to eat a croissant because I know it's going to be shitty. I'd rather wait till I get a good croissant. Yeah. And just, I'll just bypass that instead of just putting shit into my mouth, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I think like, as far as creation goes, the menus and design and concepts, those are, come pretty organically for chefs. I don't know if I could live in your guys's world, your world, two-tone like fashion where you have to produce every season. Um, I don't, what's yeah, it's that tough. like? It it's be tough, it, you know? Well, you know, what's crazy is you that you got to produce harder. not only every season, but, uh, but you have to think to next winter of 2021. That shit's hard, man. That sucks. I hate, I hate designing a year out. It makes me crazy. Cause I, I also want to, I want to be able to deliver direct. I want to design yeah. weeks out. And now because of what's happening with COVID and everything shifted, now we're able to design things fast. Like we've, we, we streamlined it. And now it's yeah. like, Oh, like, you know, like the world series tea, right? It's like, Oh, that we had this thing on deck a week before if they win the world series at this point, we're going to go. And so we are designing that mm -hmm. thing. Like I'm designing that thing. And like, I like doing shit like that because it's so close yeah. to when we drop and it's so much more in touch with what the people want at the time. But you can only that's like, that's like menu writing. That's like menu writing. Sure. Yeah. But you can only do that with certain pieces. I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. make a jacket in, in, in two weeks you know you can only do with yeah. t-shirts where the blanks yeah. are already made you, certain things you can't do i want to i want to plug something real quick and, and and i wish you guys were here so you guys could have it there's a guy that uh, there's a guy that does this thing called neighborhood barbecue it's neighborhood.barbecue on instagram oh yeah and you know this guy and no i've seen it on instagram you seen it on instagram yo I'm I fuck with barbecue. Fire. I'm a big barbecue guy. I love barbecue. Maddie does fire barbecue. Like I, I eat barbecue all the time. And this guy does a thing where, you know, he sets up in Griffith Park. You tell him you want it. You pull up and like he's he's hooked it up. He's a friend of a friend. He's giving me a few plates and like the fucking beef ribs that he's made are like cause he I think he comes from fine dining and he took that and he applied it to barbecue and he's just a dude hustling and you can tell that he mm -hmm. loves when he, he makes this like cornbread that is basically like cake and he makes his beef ribs and like he made this um this melon that was like pickled melon i've never had anything like it in my life it was like yeah. just really well thought out little tiny dishes and every dish is like there's no bullshit like there's no like you know you have barbecue and there's one dish it's just bullshit like one dish like they fucked up the macaroni and for me yeah. like you fuck the whole shit up like you can't, you yeah. like you can't fuck up one side dish in the in the plate because then you fuck the whole experience up. So it takes away from the ribs. Anyways, this guy, yeah. this guy's shit is fire. <laughs> I just want to say that. And I wish Maddie was here, and I wish you were here because I'd I'd have him bring over a plate for you guys to eat and be honest. Like I think it would blow your minds. And I think Maddie, you can trust me because I do know barbecue. I might not have a palate as refined as Roy and Maddie, but I know barbecue. I think you know what the fuck is good. I like eating with you. You've been you've been, you've been doing barbecue, huh, man? 
Yeah, we we started serving barbecue in Fort, like in my hometown, like where the farm is. Where are you so at? Hometown, where are you? Because I know barbecue. I'm. I I know we both know Aaron Franklin. Yeah. And uh, but me, you know, being the cook, I know that it's this. It, it it's like, it's like a craft. It's like black being a blacksmith. You know, it's like something you're or a glass blower. It's like you're constantly progressing. We're yeah. It took us a while. Yeah. It took us like, well, not a while, but it took us like, we know I have a very good sounding board, you yeah. know, like I, I, I'm like talking to Aaron, APL, uh, you know, Billy yeah. Durney, Sam Jones, Pat Martin, literally all pit master level. Sam Jones is like fourth generation whole hog barbecue uh, down in North Carolina and it's just like I have such an amazing kind of like big brother umbrella for barbecue. So when we started doing it, and I'm not doing live fire, I'm doing everything on like Southern Prides. So mm -hmm. it's just like it's like uh, you know wood assist, propane, um, but we're doing large volume because once again it was like we started it during the pandemic, so we could feed a lot of people in our town, and and then people came from outside of our town. But it, it it's still. It takes, it, it, you're cooking something simple isn't easy, right? Having, having, having that kind of restraint and people want to put so many different spices on stuff. And I'm a salt, I'm just like a salt and pepper kind of guy yeah. with barbecue. And, and I want to have like really clean, I'm more of like a vinegar sauce than like a sticky uh, deep sauce kind of guy. But it's like, even still, like we're trying to figure out right now we're doing this pork dish. Like we want to do pulled pork, but pulled pork sucks after like five minutes of it being like pulled. It tastes like fucking like literally it tastes like canned tuna somehow. But it it it, it is um so now we're smoking, um we almost like confit it in the smokers and we take like pork butt chops and we brine them, then we confit them and so then the butt chops are hanging up outside, half outside. And so we smoke them and then we flip them and we confit them in, in pork fat that yeah, we've rendered off too. Smart. And then, and then we take it and we, and we, and we chill it. It's like it, a, like a carnita, almost like a carnita smoke pulled pork. Exactly. Dude, I, I referenced this when I was like, hey, I was like to my, my cook, like my chef, Zach, I was just like, yo, I want to make like pulled pork, but like literally like, I did a whole hog. I did a whole hog for my sister's wedding last year. And we cooked it for 24 hours almost. It was like a 230 pound pig. And the next day for breakfast, I just had a bunch of cast iron pans and I took the day old chopped up pork and I pressed it into these cast iron pans. And it was the best. It was like that smoke, yeah. but it was like, and then had that crisp fucking carnitas. And it was like the craziest thing ever. And I was like, I want to do that with like our pulled pork. So we're just, and then, and then we do that, but we, we even, we toss it in this habanero vinegar too. And, um, it's just about like understanding like what you're looking for. You're looking for crunch. You're looking for salt. You're looking for moisture and fat ratio. And, it, and, and it's trying to understand with cooking, how do you balance, you know, how do you balance the fat, the acid, all that kind of stuff is like, that's the stuff that really makes the difference, right? Yeah. Two-tone, this is a food podcast because we have an amazing chef on. So <laughs> fuck you, okay? No, it's like you guys are speaking in a language I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But it sounds, I'm, I'm very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. This is what it's going to sound like when you have your graffiti buddies on and you guys are talking about fucking... <laughs> 
scribbling on walls. Oh, I'm, I'm sitting gonna, here just being like, cool, I'm going to do, do that to you. I'm going to do a graffiti show, and you're going to be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> you guys just talk. Everything's like three letters. You're going to be like AWRS and SSSBB. We're here, and we got this crew down here. and Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I all this food talk. I, I, um, God, I'm, I'm, I'm starving now. And uh, you know, Maddie's coming to town, Roy. He's coming into. Okay. He's coming to L.A. in November, and he was saying wow. that he was telling me that he wanted to ask you if you'd send a food truck to my house to celebrate his arrival in L.A. Just to give us, you know, just to make <laughs> his arrival. Us. Yeah, just some sort of like a. He just, you know, he's kind of shy, you know, but he's he's you know, he's a big deal now, and he's would like some sort of like you know, send a truck over, you make us some lunch, um, and you know maybe we'll we'll just tag you or something in in our social medias, you know, if you're cool with that. <laughs> Okay. Okay. No problem. I'm trying to get. I'm, hey, I'm are you allowed? Are, are you allowed to? What? Where are you guys? Borders. Saying? Canada's borders are open. You're allowed to travel now. I have um. I have a O one, oh, okay. and so I have a visa. So I have a. I got a job that um. I need to do. So I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna go. It's the first time, obviously, crossing borders since uh, I came home last. I think it was like March 8th because my son's birthday was on the 15th. Mm. So I was just like, I got home from LA last March on March 8th. And I, yeah. this will be the first time like going back. I like Toronto, man. Uh, have you been to Toronto? Tito? No. When I was a kid for a second. No, no he, I haven't. Yeah. We don't know, no, know much about Toronto growing up here in LA. All we knew is back in the, the gangbanging days, you know, t- Toronto Maple Leafs Jersey. Yeah. You know, that yeah. shit was big in yeah. LA. Um, yeah. I don't know what else. Uh, well, you guys would wear Maple Leaf jerseys? Oh, yeah. Uh, I right. Snoop. I think Snoop was one of the first to wear them. Yep. All the, listen, before before there was like a million streetwear companies, all, if you were, if you were part of like Hockey jerseys. the streets, all you had to wear was sports and, and rich, like uh, waspy, like, you know, fucking yeah. polo and Eddie Bauer shit. There was nothing. Like, I used to work at Eddie Bauer, and I was, like, the fucking man because I was dipped in Eddie Bauer. And, like, you know, it was, like, yeah. when the Eddie Bauer uh, expedition, Ed, the Eddie Bauer, uh, was it Explorer or fucking? The Explorer, the Ford Explorer. Yeah, if yeah. you had the Eddie Bauer edition Explorer, you were just, like, on some other shit. And I used to work <laughs> at Eddie Bauer, and, like, fools from high school come in, I give them a discount. I'm, like, you know, and I had, the, anyways, that was before people were making their own shit, before streetwear, the first streetwear yeah. boom. You know, and I was I would wear all sports shit. I didn't even fucking watch sports. I would wear fucking Kings and late and not Lakers, Kings and Dodgers and all that fucking Raiders shit, because that's was that's what we all wore. Like in the 90s in L.A., no matter what you did, you looked like everyone dressed like a gangbanger. Like it was just kind of like how you like. Yeah, we all wore all the shit because that's what that's what was cool. And, you know, the only thing is like you'd have one thing tweaked to 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 send the message that you weren't actually active like i just would i wouldn't wear the cortez i'd wear some docks yeah. but everything else i'd have dickies with the white tee the raiders hat but docks so like when they check you out they're like oh okay he's not really official yeah so they don't shoot you that, but, was, that was me too yeah, yeah. uh you know, yeah <laughs> yeah that was me too i wasn't i wasn't sponto no, no, no i was no, sponto, more doc martin <laughs> sponto had the cortez on for sure <laughs> he had the cortez on yeah yeah um um, it's a human Cortez. So what was it? What's it like in Toronto? I remember like uh, going there the first time after culinary school, and I only saw the the, the financial city part, and I was like, ah, this city is yeah, yeah, it's not that. And then I went back recently um, to do a few things. I started to see the neighborhoods, and um, I started Dude, it's, seeing it's, it's the a character of it. Um, but but is it was a little grimy at night too. I like walking around cities at night. I mean, 
Oh, dude, Toronto's Toronto it's, is it's my a real favorite shit. city in the yeah. world. Dude, mm-hmm. Toronto's my favorite city in the world, actually. Yeah, and it's just like it is. Uh, it's got everything. Like, I still say I think our Chinatown beats like Flushing. Yeah. Kind of like it's 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 so good. And then Markham, Markham is about thirty minutes north of the city, kind of, and it's the same thing as the San uh, San Gabriel Valley. Right? Is that where all the like the yeah. I still have never actually even been there, but it's like the same kind of pocket there up there kind of thing, where it's just like you go there and it's like being in like Hong Kong or mainland China, and it's like it's so it's there's like it, it, it's amazing restaurants in 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 Markham, but it's just like I think Toronto as a whole is like you know it's it's so vibrant like there's such a large caribbean population here yeah so it's just like roti is massive and jerk and you know there there's like like when you go to like little jamaica it's literally like this couple blocks up on st Clair, and it's just like like at nighttime like back like not even back in the day just like before covid like saturday sunday nights you'd go up there and everyone's outside with their with their cookers and their smokers and you go up there at 4 a.m. after the clubs and just go get a plate of, of rice and peas and jerk chicken and coleslaw and all that kind of shit. So it's like, um, is that why, there's so many pockets. Is that like why, the Vietnamese. Is that why coming Drake, up, coming up. Is that why Drake <laughs> has like seven different Caribbean accents because of the Caribbean community in Canada? Which, I, which, you know, you know, Drake was. Yeah. Yeah. Drake grew up in Thornhill, so it says he grew up in the rich <laughs> Jewish neighborhood. I hear also there's a yeah. neighborhood. There's you a learned place. his accent online. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> is there a place in Canada? Are they growing up in Toronto though? Like in in the in the in Toronto? Are there are the gangs and shit? Is it is it like L.A. where you gotta um, when you're coming up? You can you get can you get approached up in Toronto and like? I never. Okay, let me tell this. Okay, so in my second year of college, I lived with like three drug dealers. We lived next to community housing. Uh, in Rexdale, which is like a pretty, you know, notorious neighborhood in Toronto. Um, and, and I never got pressed once. I never got approached. I was a punk, you know, so I'm like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, whatever I'm outside of their world, but I lived with two white drug dealers that would like be like head to toe Averex or uh, Echo or like, this is like uh, 2001. So it was just like, Hmm. just like head to toe. white guys two white guys from they're going to college they're from like like one one guy's like from chatham which is a farm town and the other guy's from like this other town which is a farm town and they, and they just like like it's like yo mtv like it's just like full white guy shit where it's just like they get head-to-toe gear they get rolled like once a week they get like chased or fucking punked for shit and it's just like it's it's so crazy like the amount of times like my one roommate literally he lost like three watches and i'm like why do you keep buying flashy watches and like because i'm like i wear the same black flag shirt for like three months and i smell like cat piss and i'm like i never i'm like why do you guys keep getting like bugged like because i don't even know the i come from like a small town too so i'm like why is everybody bugging you guys you know like the way i talk (laughs) i'm like why are you getting bugged and i'm like because you guys are dressing like these guys. These guys want your clothes, so they're going to take your clothes because you're a bunch of white kids walking yeah. around with this, like, flossy shit. You look like <laughs> a bunch of chumps. Isn't there, just, like, isn't there a like, neighborhood? They act like these hard-body drug dealers. Isn't, what? isn't there a neighborhood in Canada where basically... Because I had a buddy that went up there and was showing his kids. It's basically just, like, Night of the Living Base Heads. 
It's just like a, it's like a, it's like a place where you can just get high, buy and sell drugs, and just be wasted, right? Isn't there a whole neighborhood like that? Uh, well, there's East Hastings, East Hastings, like in Vancouver, like it's like, um, it, it it is like, uh, it's pretty wild. It's like very reminiscent of like kind of Skid Row, but, but it's, it's legal, like, right? It's it's, it's a it's, legal place to do that. Yeah, like you can. There's like safe, like yeah, it's not legal, but it's it, there's a lot of drugs that are legal here more so than the states, and it's like way more chill. Like, like it, it's the same kind of thing. It's except it's all white people, you know, kind of thing. Where it's just like a, like that's only in Canada. It's just mostly like a lot of like white fucking, um, you know, unfortunate drug addicts. So it's a whole so neighborhood just, full it, of it white like, of white junkies with scholarships. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but there's like there's there's little pockets in Canada for sure of like areas like that. But it's still like to me, I don't know. It, it um, but the gang stuff is like one of the things is like I grew up in in a small town like sixteen thousand people, and where I lived, I lived in Crescent Park, and we called ourselves like Crescent Park Riders. And um, it was like me and like my brothers, and and like, but that that's like, but then but then like we had beef. It was so funny. What were they called? They were called I think literally like the regulators, and and this is like. But <laughs> well, that's the thing. I like like you guys get away yourself. with that because there's nobody. <laughs> there's nobody checking you on that. It's, yeah, you called there's yourself the Crescent Park it's a bunch riders, of white kids. Like... It's a bunch of white kids. Dude, the, wearing the, like Carl Kanai. A bunch the, of white kids wearing Carl Kanai, and they're just like, like you what, know, smoking what, blunts. What were you guys and, riding? Like, because I know when you guys are talking about riders, you're talking about like riding <laughs> tractors or horses. Like, rider out here means no. something different. Like, BMX, BMX your bikes. Bike riders, <laughs> right. BMX bikes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have, there's no low riders. I grew up, like, if we drove anything, it'd be like a bunch of trucks. Like, everyone's just got a truck where I grew up. So it's just like, everyone's cruising around in a, a Chevy. But it's um, so. What's like a fight like on the streets in, in in Canada? Is it like a hockey match where you guys like? Yeah, yeah. It's just go out each other, but That's then the it's thing. just a brawl, right? And then you're like, yeah, cool after, right? Like I've never like 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 just to say this, like I don't know somebody that owns a gun. Yeah. And, and you know, like there's no like if you're in a bar fight, it's like everyone wants to fight. Like Canadians are like it's always like this thing where everyone like you can fight anybody because like the worst thing that's gonna happen is if you get bottled. That's the yeah. only thing that's gonna happen. <laughs> like no one's gonna, no one's gonna pull a fucking like really like it's like no yeah. one's gonna pull a knife, or like no one's gonna do anything. So like growing up, you got in like me and my brothers got in lots of fights. I have two brothers, and like we always like we talk about it all the time on the podcast because it's stupid, but it's like you know we were fighting all like my older brother was fighting all the time. He was like a real scrappy. I always say he's very reminiscent of like Brad Pitt and like Snatch. He was just like one of those guys who like could just one punch anybody and just dummy them. And he was like kind of smaller and skinnier, but he was just like had hands like a motherfucker. But it, it um, and then I was like the funny one and my younger brother, he would just fight anybody too. But it's just like, I think it, it, it's, um, it was just more about like crews. Like, yo, you're from like in small towns. It's like instant. Like if you're at a bar, oh, you're from fucking Ridgeway. Fuck you. I'm from Fort Erie. Or like, you know, and that's like five minutes down the road. But it's just like, I think it was more about like small towns where it's like, even within those small towns, you got beefs. But then it's like, oh yeah, you're from Snyder. Okay, you're from Stevensville. Let's go. And it's just like, you know, like you'd be at the bar and you'd see like some other guy wearing like a different fucking, you know, hockey hat or some shit. I don't know. 
But well, it definitely like that, it wasn't that, like I would be walking. That does it, sound I, a little different no than, than uh, Watts, Compton, and Long Beach. It sounds a little bit. Different. Yeah. So you you guys grew up um, where the where the documentary NWA was was shot, and I grew up where we would watch rap videos and think we were somebody. You know, you guys lived it. We 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 lived it. What is it? There's probably a saying. You know, you guys lived it, and we watched it and emulated it to some extent. You know. Last Canada, Canada question. Is there East Coast, West Coast like we have in the States? Is Vancouver? Uh, yeah, we have uh, a lot of fishermen. We have a lot <laughs> of uh, fishermen on one side, and then we have a lot of mountains on the other side. So we, 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 we say, hey, you, you have beautiful mountains. And then we're like, hey, you, you have cliffs. What are you, a loser? You only have cliffs? You don't have mountains? So that's as far as I feel like, to be, like dude, we're Canadian, where you say sorry if we bump into you. You know, if I was to walk into you, I would still say sorry. That's why I was you know? wondering, like, just... uh, about fighting in Canada. You know, like, um, I, I just imagined it as some sketch comedy. Well, you fight somebody <laughs> and then you go do a fucking key bump and you drink a yeah, beer and drink Coke a whiskey with them. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> fight some guy and be like, fuck. Here, let's do a fucking reef of bump and fucking go. Yeah, it's like, doesn't even matter. Like, I remember, dude, the weirdest thing ever... I remember I, I we got into this fight in, in, in Port Colburn, and I remember I was so wasted. I, 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 I beat, I punched, well, I didn't really beat up this guy, but I fucking punched this guy in the bar. It was like kind of a big fight. I punched this guy in the bar. <laughs> and, and by the end of this like fight, I kind of realized that it was like my little league coach. And I was like fighting this like <laughs> old guy who was like my little league coach from baseball. And I was just like, cause he, his buddy called my buddy some fucking name. And, and we started fighting these like older guys. And I was like, I know you, man. I know you from so. And he's like, I don't know. And like by the end of the fight, we were kind of not fighting and just talking. It's like, and we it's, were just it's like, like incendies. You, you were my you, baseball coach. You turn around, you're, you're beating up your own father. <laughs> yeah. Dad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know if your fathers are still alive, but can you beat up your father? I don't think I can beat up my father, even still. I don't it would be my dad is uh my dad taught us how to fight. Yeah. I still feel one of those things um, where you can never no matter how big you are, it's like I don't know. I still feel like I, I would beat the brakes off my old man without oh, you would? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's had a chance with me since I hit sixteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> his dad's a, his dad is like a, a skinny little blonde German man. He's not blonde. <laughs> I'm an enorm, I'm like the biggest person in my family for some I don't know. I don't know. He might even he might not even be my father because I'm But your dad your dad's like what, one forty? How many how much does your your dad's like a yoga instructor? Oh he is he's not really an instructor now. And now he's now he's a homeless man that lives in a fucking bus. Um <laughs> so yeah. Um but he's old. My dad's really, really, really old, and like he's at that age of being old where he's like visibly, like you know, he's looking. He's not broad. He was never. He was never uh, um, robust. My father. He's tall and kind of lean, you know, but not a fighter. Um, anyways, <laughs> dads are always tough. That's it. Like I feel. You know, if your dad's a tough guy, then he'll, he's tough forever. He's tough forever. And he only get more tough. Like, I was even, like, it, just every day I feel like my strength, my, my grip is getting stronger. You know, like, every time I have a child, I know that, like, my hands are getting stronger. So I can, like, when they get to that age and you just grab them by, on the, like, the knee or the shoulder and you, like, break, like, your own kid's, like, shoulder by grabbing them. <laughs> you're just like, hey! Calm down. 
Yeah. Here, you shut up. Yeah. You no, you're to... not watching Pippa the Pig. Roy, you got kids? Yeah, one teenager. Oh no way! Is he is he is he scared of you? Can you? Oh uh, no, he's not. You think he can whip your ass? Uh, she. Uh, it's a she. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know why and, I misgendered. Uh, <laughs> I just assumed teenagers a boy. I don't know why. But but uh, but in this modern age, is actually actually a they, and uh, they they can they. Uh, uh, third degree. Black belt, third degree black belt. So I think she can. Yeah, no she shit. Can sure. Third degree black belt in which which uh, which discipline? Which medium? Which martial uh, arts? Taekwondo, the one everyone clowns on, but it's okay. A lot of crazy kicks. It's okay. Our culture. <laughs> yeah. Every 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 uh, your whole world. Every uh, jujitsu person is like taekwondo. Hey man, I've seen them. I see them kick those paddles. They they could kick you six times in the face before you even look at you know look up from your phone. So. Yeah. I wouldn't laugh at it. Um, that's crazy. That's impressive. Okay. So Roy Choi. Roy Choi. Yeah. What is Roy, Mr. Choi? The where do you see like, you know, the next year? Like I like you know like what what's the next year for you? You 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 have Netflix shows. You have TV shows. You have you're an award winning Emmy mm -hmm. award winning. Like it, it's like you have restaurants, you've lost restaurants, you've gained restaurants. You're, you're like, what it like you are what I like am trying to be. <laughs> and I just like, it, it's so inspiring to watch like, like, you know, nice guys win and it's from hard work and it, and it, and it's like, it's such an amazing thing to watch, but like, what, what are some of your goals? Like during this thing, I know that everything's so uncertain, but like, what do you want to kind of get to and accomplish this year? Well, thank you for that. Um, I think individually, as you just mentioned, uh, you know, I've done more than I could have ever imagined, like personally. So I, I don't really, I'm not there anymore. Like I, I, I'm really thinking about the next 10, 20 years of like, what's my purpose? What's my legacy? What, what can I do to other people on? You know, I'd like to really move from the front of the camera to behind the camera. You know, um, maybe create my own, you know, production studio or um, be able to, you know, as a as a chef uh, and, you know, this from running kitchens, um, you recognize talent very early. Uh, when I when I see a young cook come into one of my kitchens and I can, you know, I can I can it, it's like, you know, like sports, I guess, sports scouts, you know, like you see it right away. So I'd love to provide a, a place for. Uh, people to succeed in that. Um, but my biggest dream is to um, create a foundation, like a nonprofit mm. foundation. Um, all these things that I've been working towards, I think they all they all interconnect somehow. And I think that, um, uh, you know, I've been doing them kind of like, you know, not on my own. I don't mean on my own, like individually, but I, on my own financially, you know, and they can do mm. so much, but they're like kind of very local. And they... Um, they can only affect uh, a certain amount of people. Um, but I'd love to go like, you know, billion dollar level to, you know, multi-billion dollar level where this philosophy that I feel like I'm consistent with, that I feel I'm going to ride out to the end, you know, like I don't think I'm going to switch it up <laughs> these next 30, 40 years of my life. I don't think I'm going to turn, yeah. turn, turn on everybody. So I, 
I feel like if I'm going to ride this out, let me try to ride it out at the highest fucking level, you know? So um, I want to, I want to, I want to go in and not only change and provide resources for our city, but for every, every city out there that that's struggling, you know, um, communities provide learning centers, uh, food, access to food, um, you know, um, uh, pathways to uh, prosperity, making money, you know, all the basic shit, you know, that has been stripped away from a lot of our communities, communities that I represent, you know, that I'm a part of that are, that, that I have family and friends in, you know, and, uh, you know, it, a lot of folks that don't live or come from communities that, that are disenfranchised don't understand all the things you take for granted, you know, like even just opening a bank account, having Wi-Fi, you know, having access to coffee or fruit or vegetables, you know, uh, being able to get a job, finishing school, you know, like these things are, you know, these are hurdles in life, like real hurdles. And I want to, I want to create a foundation that, that, you know, breaks those down because I feel like I can come in with this smile, you know, and everything that I represent and really make all sides come together and say, like, you know, let's do something good. And I want to turn that into something big, you know. I don't know how to get there yet, man. You know, like I, I see how others are doing it. Uh, you know, again, the biggest foundations to even companies that do the one-for-one -one thing. And, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out, like, how can I create the Roy Choi Foundation that lives beyond my physical years, that provides, you know, I'll, I'll end it like this, like specifically the vision I've had lately is like long after I'm gone, you know, um, maybe let's say 50, uh, 60 years from now, um, that there's this foundation where 25 cities across America, 25 inner cities across America, uh, there's this foundation that's helping these kids, you know, and these, these, these families where these, these things that I just mentioned no longer are a problem because the foundation has provided access to bridge the gap. That's like, that's like shit. I think, mm. you know, mm. like giving people, so I asked you like what your next year is and you just drop, you want to start a foundation that's, that just like feeds and makes everything. You're the best eh? You're just yeah, like, yeah, he's not, right. he's not giving away. You're a visionary. You're going to do it. Leftovers, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I, I said that too. <laughs> you I say said that. Too. You didn't say anything close to what he just said. <laughs> he wants to help the world. I'm you not wanna... saying, I, dude. I, no one's Roy Choi. There's only one Roy Choi. Okay, I'm not trying to take the the uh, two tone. Uh, he is a, an angel. I am a horrible person. We've said that. Okay, good. As long as we're clear. Roy Choi is an angel an given angel. to us. He's a good by dude. the real Jesus Christ. He's a good guy, man. It's a, it's a rarity in this world, and uh, I I Roy's I number you. one. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, well, Roy, we're going to leave it on okay. that. How do you feel? I love. What do you do? Last remarks in the powerful truth, angels, per pearly gates. Last comment. Hey, man, I, I'm just. I'm happy you guys see it and 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 and, and are behind it, man. I respect both of you very much, and uh, you know, like it, it. It's not easy. It's not easy being the positive one all the time. You know, I just want to say that, you know, and uh, it's just something that 
it's just something that's not a front and as I believe in, but it's, it, you know, it's hard when you go out there in the world and it's just so easy to be mean to people, mm. to, to be ruthless and, and to not give a shit. And um, I don't know, it's just, uh, this is just what I represent and I'm just trying to make it a bigger part of just how we treat each other in life, you know, and I don't know, man, you know, sometimes good guys do win, you know, like we've been taught the opposite, but maybe, maybe if we just start, being a little bit better to each other would be all right. Because shit is make being nice cool. Make yeah, nice make cool. Nice again. cool. Shit make is nice not cool. good right now. You know, our our world, our society, our our, our life, our, our existence, our spirit, everything is is sick. You know, um, everything is sick. Yeah. And yet, we constantly want to hold on to these last remains of of, of, of being horrible to each other. Um, and uh, it doesn't mean have to. It has to be absolutes. You can, you can still have like a dark side, but but we should embrace maybe being kind to each other and being good to each other a little more, you know. And I'm just trying mm. one person out there that's that's just trying to like you know clear away some paths so that when everyone's ready, like we we can all you know fucking walk through this shit together. You know? Roy, Mister Troy, go man. Yeah. Let's go. Thank you for Let's giving go. me giving me that space to say that. Hell yeah. Fucking... No, I, I mean, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And then and then last note, um get how do we get John Favreau on here? Um <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to not talk about uh John Favreau. I don't even know if I can get John on, but I think if you get uh Andrew binging with Babish on. I think binging with Babish has a has a better hotline to John than I do. So Oh my god, they love each other. John loves Andrew. So try, 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 try get you know what? Get either Aaron Franklin or uh Andrew Ray on. And you okay. I, I think you'll have to I can get, get Andrew Ray on. We're we're gonna uh, that was more of a joke, but it is we're we're gonna get it there. We're gonna get it there. We're gonna get it Roy, there. Roy pitches Roy his, Roy, Troy. Pitches his, Roy pitches his five point plan for world peace, and you're like, Can you get John Favreau to come on? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's just like you know, you say that to me and I'm like, look That was the perfect time. That's comedy. I know that's it's the very perfect funny. time you drop the John Favreau. It's very funny. That's the point of it. I know. That's the point of it. We want Roy here. We don't care about John Favreau. We want fucking Roy here. Yeah. Listen, Roy Christ. Roy, what you said is uh unfortunately very simple and you know, it's true. We're we're uh, you know, I it's it's it makes me sad that people are just so fucked up. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you're out there doing stuff and you're a real one. That's it. Thank you, man. You guys too. All right. This is fun, man. I feel good. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks, Roy. I appreciate it, man. I'm going to see you out there. I'll see you out there. Thank you, Roy. All right. Later. Appreciate you, man. Later, man. Okay. Bye. Later, buddy. I want to, I have to apologize because I was so annoying on this episode. I had too much. What? I was so annoying on this episode. I had too much coffee. I overtalked it. I feel like I feel like an asshole. I overtalked. I had too much coffee. I was a complete piece of shit on this episode. So I'm before you guys air me out. Uh, I'm fuck you. You know, fuck you guys. No, but I apologize. But no, fuck you, guys. you just have to stop talking sometimes. I, I accept your I apology, and you need to. You you no. You just need when we have a real guest on. You just need to talk. Like you just do an intro, and then you. You need to just ask one question and not 
And then you ask another question. You don't tell your related story. I'm podcasting right now. We're still podcasting. This is this. You don't know how to, to podcast do ad reads, properly. Maddie. 